welcome in our good friend Steve Carney, longtime Rays baseball insider at the St. Pete Nine. You can also hear him on the UTOR podcast and MLB Special Projects Data Ops. Boy, you got a lot of stuff on your Twitter here, Carney. Damn, what do you? You got no wonder you're sleeping in today. You're a busy man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it t- it tends to work out that way, JP. Yeah, and uh, really the the tongue out Tuesday. Uh, the the sound that I think I'm making is. <laughs> after what happened last night oh my god oh man that emoji is just perfect right the puking emoji i should have just got up this morning and just put that down 100, 180 times it'd been perfect it's just <laughs> that's how i feel i just you know and, and think about it from a number standpoint i said this it, they had a 98 plus percentile chance to win both games three and four at some point in the third period you know that win probability and you lose two of those in a row no wonder we feel like that today just well, it, I, I don't know about you, but, but like to me, wa- you know, watching what happened after the after that Lightning team went up four one last night, they almost seemed disinterested yeah. for for the last yeah. you know twenty five thirty minutes of that game. Like it was around. like, okay, you're up four one, and they're thinking, okay, it's going to be two two. We're going to go back to Toronto for game five, and all of a sudden, here comes Austin Matthews flying down the flying down the ice. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, why isn't anybody on that guy? Why? Where's the, where's the guy on? Where's the guy that's supposed to be skating with thirty four? Because he's skating around like he owns that rink right yeah. now. Yeah. No, you're abs- you're a thousand percent right. And and I you know I said on the post game show last night that you were producing so well. Um, mm-hmm. They just lost their intensity. There was no intensity in that third period at all. It was very little hitting yeah. going on. They were just gliding around, just trying to you know just looking at the clock. Are we are we done yet? Are we, is the plane leaving yet? Um, yeah, <laughs> plane's leaving, but you're down three, one instead of two, two. So let's talk about the Rays instead. What do you say? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely much happier yes. uh, talking about, uh, the Rays <laughs> like me right now. What, a, what, a, what, a, what I love, and I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it. You guys were watching it much better than I did last night, but I'm, I'm watching, you know, oh, you know, Taj Bradley, oh, now he's down three. It's three, two, where, you know, the Astros are, you got the, they're going to, you know, roll to a win here. And of course, the light, or the Rays bounce right back and take the lead and finish it up. And here's Taj Bradley now three and oh, setting American League records. I mean, this is, you know, they didn't hit a home run last night, which is Nick's fault. Um, but, uh, yeah, what, just talk a little bit about last night's game and how that resilient this team has become. Yeah, it, it's it's not just the resiliency, JP, but it's the top of the order Ugh. that's uh, been just absolutely tremendous all year long. I mean, from uh, from Yandy to Wander to Randy, uh, that, that one, two, three, uh, in the lineup has just been absolutely great. And it seems like they were always coming up. That was the best part about uh, last night's yeah. race game was, like, it seemed like, okay, it, yeah, they go down 2 nothing, but then, okay, Wander gets on, and then Randy hits a triple, and, and then Harold Ramirez, who has, been, who has been red hot as well, he has a ground rule double, and all of a sudden Houston's 2 nothing uh, lead disappears in the matter of just moments. And then... When they go up three two, if you have a feeling, okay, here here comes the top of the order again. Here comes Yandi and Wander and Randy, and, and all of a sudden, uh, before you know it, Jose Urquidy is uh, out of the game, having given up seven runs. It was like, wow, and where did this come from? Uh, and then you start smiling and going, 
gee, uh, I wonder how many people are going to say, oh, well, they haven't played a real team yet after watching them dismantle the Astros. <laughs> they're a pretty good team, I've heard, right? The Astros, not bad? Well, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not bad. Even, even without Jose Altuve and, and without Jordan Alvarez, I was gonna say, uh, Steve, that you team gotta, is still really, really good. I was going to say, you've got to put an asterisk on it. Jordan Alvarez didn't play. I mean, that, that's what everybody was saying yesterday. Doesn't count because Jordan didn't play. Oh, God, oh yeah, Jordan didn't play. Oh, oh, they they took away the Astros uh, trash can in the uh, in, in the hallway leading to the clubhouse. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, we can never stop talking about that, right? That that's going to be the scar that that is forever there, as far as that goes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a souvenir that uh, baseball fans can never lose. Is that? That should be in the Hall of Fame. They should have like a trash can in the corner with the bed with the like the, the dents in the top of it, and then like yeah, this is this is the trash can. I, I definitely. Yeah, it's it's going to be right next to Carlos Beltran's uh, uh, uniform. <laughs> and so and Sosa's uh, corked bat cut in half. Oh, <laughs> Let's go on, and on. Yeah. a couple of syringes from McGuire's locker room. Can we can we oh. go on? <laughs> a little bit of stickum from Gaylor Perry's glove. I mean, let's, yeah, let's, we should have an infamous Hall of Oh, this is a great idea. We're just boarding another great idea, Carney. Let's come up with a baseball infamous Hall of Fame, and we'll have all that memory. Uh, Pete Rose betting cards. Can we get those? Oh, my as well? God. <laughs> oh, all, all you got to do is go down. You know, Derby Lane is still around, so yes. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you can find a couple of them sitting there, sitting there, uh, cigarette oh. stained in, uh, inside the Derby Lane. We'll have a jar of Pete Rose vitamins. That I used to have the oh. vitamins. Here's a here's a thing of greenies. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a brilliant idea. We have got to oh, make this God. happen. Some somewhere well, that's what we'll use the old trap for. When it <laughs> that'll be the perfect place to house the the uh, Hall of Fame of baseball infamy would be the perfect yeah. place to house that in a, in a stadium built on top of a toxic dump. <laughs> Sorry. The baseball hall of shame. The hall of shame, yes. You nailed it. All right, sorry, we got sidetracked. Back to the race. Um, what has been what has been your most play? But we were talking about this last night um, at the game. We're like, how is it possible that a team that I saw who could score one run in 24 innings against Cleveland last year, this is the same freaking offensive team. It's almost the same team. And they can't stop hitting home runs until last night. They can't. They're 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 leading the league in hitting. They lead the league in every cat of home runs. Everything. I mean, blowing away the league, especially the American League in home runs. How does how does Eric Deander? What kind of freaking glass ball does he have? Crystal ball that that said these guys. I don't have to do a thing. They're going to turn from the worst offensive team to the best just with a little bit of pixie dust. How the hell does this happen? Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the um, the faith that the front office had that these guys are healthy. Uh, I mean, yeah. you look at it, what, everything that happened last year, uh, the reason why they lost 200 runs from uh, the 2021 season is the fact that Brandon Lau only played 65 or played 80 games. Wander Franco played 80 games. Uh, you read all these guys that were, that had missed significant periods of time. And he felt that, and they, I know that the front office felt that just getting healthy is going to help them immensely from the Francos and the Laos, uh, et cetera. And then getting guys to, to feel comfortable and, and especially 
the, with the fact that they're not going to be going up and down this year, uh, shuttling between uh, the big leagues and AAA. So that, that, that would help guys like Josh Lowe and Luke Rayley that they felt like they were going to be able to at least give them some consistent time and be able to allow them the ability to make the adjustments that they need to make at the big league level. And, and especially with Josh Lowe, uh, I think that that's been huge for, for a young player who's finally, finally looks like he's gotten it. And remember, his brother, it took him three years to adjust to big league pitching before he started to uh, do well with the, with the Texas Rangers. So I think we're going to see good things out of Josh Lowe, and he's the left-handed bat that this team needed. Yeah, and I think one of the other keys that they, they've needed was uh, a consistent Randy Rosarena, and here we are. I mean, he's wow. second in the American League in batting. He's third in runs batting in. He's probably one of the top MVP contenders in the American League, and he's become like this star, it feels like, around baseball after the WBC. I mean, now we have Randy Land. I mean, how yeah, exciting baby. is it to watch him play, and what do you think has been the difference with him being more consistent? Is it the new study, the, the thing with him studying more, or what are you seeing with him? Yeah, I, I think preparation uh, is, is big, Nick, and uh, I think you're right that having games that meant something. You know, we talked to, you know, there were a lot of people that talked about why are they doing the WBC in March when, you know, guys are just getting ready? Why are you making them play games that mean something this early? Well, obviously games that mean something mean something to Randy Arozarena because yeah. it seems like when those games are important is when he – comes out and performs his best and it's been it's been awesome to see i said this on on twitter yesterday with everything that's gone on this year with the race the, the amazing start and, and everything that happened with the wbc and with randy how shocked would you be if major league baseball said to the race oh by the way in 2024 when we have our series in mexico city you're going to be one of those teams that's going to be there because everybody's going to want to see Randy Rosarena in Mexico City playing for his team against uh, another club, whether it's Oakland or uh, if it's one of the Houston clubs like the Texas Rangers. Uh, I don't think it really matters, but I do think that if Major League Baseball is smart and they haven't and they hadn't announced uh, who's going to play in Mexico City yet uh, for next year. Don't be shocked if the Tampa Bay Rays are one of those teams that gets announced. Well, you don't think the Rays would turn down an opportunity to pick up another country as a as a TV market, do you? Of course not. Well, and, that's pretty smart. And, mad, and, and of course, the the paycheck that comes from being oh, yeah. the team. Nah, uh, you know they, they say a lot of things about uh, Stu Sternberg, but money stupid is not one of them. <laughs> no. Hey, you talk about a guy that's brilliant. Who, who took an advance payment on his TV deal before Bally's went bankrupt <laughs> to the tune of, like, $400 million. That dude is smart. He knows how to read the future, and he knew that was coming. So, yeah, very, very smart. Um, Steve Carty joining us here. Uh, t- talk about this pitching staff with all the injuries that's happened and how they've been able to cobble this together. And, you know, it hasn't been perfect, obviously, at times, but they, they come back, you know, they give up five runs and, and they don't get, give up a hit, but they can still come back and win the game. It's crazy, but this has been a very, um, a very versatile pitching staff, and we haven't seen the best of it because we haven't seen the full staff healthy. Yeah, you think about what they've done, and they've done this all without Tyler Glass now, I know. Uh, which I think is, is incredible. But this has been the M.O. 
for years. Yeah. I remember talking to Andrew Friedman back in the day when he was running the baseball ops department about the about why they draft and develop pitchers as well as they do. And he looked at me and said, frankly, look, if we have to go out on the free agent market for for top quality pitching, we're dead. Uh, We can't compete with the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Cubs and give pitchers the the money that some of those top of the rotation guys are going to get. And he knew that long before guys like David Price we're getting a uh, seven-year, $217 million contract. So uh, this was long. I mean, David had just come up when he's telling me this. So uh, he, he knew this long before. And so that's always been their MO, and it's why like, it seems like, okay, here comes another arm. Okay, here comes another arm from guys like Price to Alex Cobb to Jeremy Hellickson to Matt Moore uh, and, and then to Chris Archer. And on and on and on, we've just seen the, the arms just continue to come rolling in. And then and the next one up, of course, is Taj Bradley, who wow. uh, most people wanted to see. And now I've gotten a chance to see him. And uh, I don't know of anybody who isn't happy with what uh, they've seen out of Taj Bradley. And when Tyler Glass now comes back, mm-hmm. oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> Glass now, McClanahan, Rasmussen. Eflin, Taj Bradley. Who am I forgetting? Is there some stud in there that I'm forgetting? I mean, who? Are- uh, no, but 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 you you got to you got to give credit to the the guys that have that have cobbled together that fifth spot since yep. Jeffrey Springs went down. The Flemings and the Yanni Chirinoses. Uh, you know they. You know I I know a lot of people gave Fleming a lot of flack uh, for his start in Washington, but he's turned around and and has had a, a couple of really decent outings out of that, and I think Chirinos has found himself a, a really nice role, being able to help uh, limit some of the guy, the young guys and their innings. So I think you're going to see him being able to help out guys like Glasnow, who hasn't thrown more than like 115 innings in a season. Yeah. So he's going to take some of those innings. He's going to take some of Bradley's innings because he's 22, and you want to make sure that he's got bullets left in October. He's going to help take some innings off of Eflin's plate so his back can stay right. I, yeah. I really do think that, they have found themselves the magic formula to get uh, to get themselves into a place where, I mean, right now they're on pace to win 140 games, which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, thinking about this, we're 23 games into the season. The, the, the team that won 100 games back in 2021, they won their 20th game in May, May 13th, as a matter of fact, the 39th game of the season. They're 23 games in with 20 wins. It's just absolutely ridiculous, and it's all because of the pitching. Uh, the hitting ain't been too bad either. Um, uh, no. Steve Carty uh, joining us here. You, you know, you, you talk about Taj, and I didn't get to see him pitch last night. I saw the first two starts, and I was giddy. I was giddy about the fastball. It's got some giddy up because it gets on you quick, and you can get up to 97. Um, and the curveball is just, it's so tight and breaks so, and he controls it so well. But then he's just scratching the surface on this changeup or split finger that he's throwing. And it's just devastating the movement on that pitch. Uh, how good can yeah. this, how good can this, I mean, this kid is just a baby. He even looks like a baby. How good can this kid be? The stuff he's, is he's, got the, the he's got the ability to be real good. He, re- he really does. Yeah. The, the fastball uh, really does have what looks like an extra gear as it's coming towards you. 
at 97. Like, it's like, okay, this is 97, and, like, holy crap, it just got past me. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it's, it just really explodes the last third of the way to the plate. You mentioned the, the curveball, uh, which, you know, coming off of 97, here comes 75 with a, with a nice tight loop on it. And, and then the split finger down that looks like a fastball until it gets to about your front foot and then just dives <laughs> off the plate. Off the um, it's, it's really, really nasty. And if he can get that thing going the way he's got the other two, uh, yeah, you've got, you've got the makings of having three guys that could be or three or four guys that are potential number ones yeah. uh, in your rotation. And uh, that could be really, really difficult for any team in a, yeah. in a five or seven game oh. series. You know, we're going to talk about the pitching now, and this is kind of just came to my mind. You know, you talk about Todd Bradley and his development. Eflin looks like a, a much different pitcher this year than he was for majority of his time with the Phillies so far. Obviously, Springs, Rasmussen, even McClanahan, who's got this new, like, change-up grip, I guess. And they were saying it on the broadcast that Snyder did something with the, on, his, on his finger where he puts it on the ball. And it's obviously, look how devastating it was the other day. So unbelievable. I'm just thinking to myself, if you've heard of him, if any of these teams had any interest in Kyle Snyder as like a head coach down the line, because, I mean, they've loved to raid the Rays before. I have to think, how much longer can the Rays hold on to him? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if what Kyle's uh, um, desire to be a manager is, because when you're a manager, you're not concentrating on the pitching. No. No. And, and that's Kyle's. That's Kyle's, you know, bread and butter, you know, and that's what made him so successful is the fact that he spends his offseason going around and seeing his guys and seeing how they're feeling and, you know, playing catch with them and, and, and having that close interaction with his pitching staff. As a manager, and you can, all you have to do is look at John Farrell. He was really the, the last big pitching coach that became a manager. And, and he really did not have the same success managing as he did as as a pitching coach because he had he had to step away and look at the big picture, you know, and and have to talk about hitting, which he really didn't know much about. He's like, look, I have a I have a hitting coach, I have a bench coach. They take care uh, of the hitters, but he's got. But ultimately, he's responsible for that uh, as the manager. So I don't know if Kyle really wants to be a manager. I know he's extremely happy, and, and I'm sure that they pay him very, very well for his uh, services, uh, probably better than any other team could pay a pitching coach. All right, Carney, we got we did a, uh, a little poll yesterday. We're trying to get a nickname for this lineup, and I think since we put this out yesterday, we were the reason that we didn't hit a home run last night, so I blame Nick. Uh, <laughs> oh, but So these are the ones we came up with. The Bayshore Bombers, which won the, the vote at 60%. The Bayshore mm-hmm. Bombaderos, you know, to honor, to honor the Latinos. <laughs> the firemen. The, you know, I, and which I, I like because I want to honor the Latino presence in our in – because our, I mm-hmm. love Bayshore Bombers, but Bayshore Bombaderos has a little bit of ring okay. to it. You can roll that R. Or the Rayshore Bombers, which, you know, it's a little – is there – or there's there another nickname that we can give this lineup – that's just tearing up the American League and Major League Baseball. Um, well, I, I, I think you could always give as much uh, as as much flack as Derek Shelton took for uh, for the hitting when he was the hitting coach here. The not uh, coach. I, 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 maybe maybe uh, 
Maybe you, you give Chad Matola uh, the, uh, a, a little nod and a wink, and you call him like the motorhome or something like that, <laughs> because they're just motoring that's, over people. That, uh, that's Chad a little, Matola. That, that's a little uh, in the weeds, you know. You knew you know too much about these people. I, we got to keep it simple. <laughs> we got to keep it simple that, for the masses now. I, I do. Right? I do. I do like Ray, I, I do like uh, anything that has to do with Ray's Shore. Ray's uh, Shore. As much as as much as we love Bay Shore and all the beautiful people. That uh, that run on the sidewalk. Uh, I, I like Ray's Shore. It's a it's a good play on words. Well, I thought Bay Shore uh, and, because and the, there's a Bay Shore in in Tampa and there's a Bay Shore in St. Pete. That's also yeah. right there. So there's these iconic. Yeah, but it, not not as many beautiful people run along <laughs> Bay Shore in St. Pete as they do along Bay Shore in Tampa. Well, they Tampa. used to be beautiful. They're not as beautiful anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and anything bad. with bomberos could fire. The firemen. Bombardos. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. See if you can get it going. We, we, Bayshore Bombers won, the, won it, but I could go Bayshore Bombardero. We're going to get some T-shirts made, either Bayshore Bombarderos or Bayshore Bombers. I don't know which way we're going to go, but Bayshore Bombers won the, won the poll 60%, so we'll see. But if you come up with something better, let me know. Because we got to get a I will, nickname for this. I'll let guys. you know. I'll let you know, and we'll have to let our buddy Jeff Atnella know. Yes, that, I was going to call Jeff today and see what he can come up with for, for a T-shirt for this. Because I, I like those ideas. All right, partner, tell everybody what's going on with your content, and because uh, you're all over the place. Yeah, it, the big thing uh, with St. Pete Nine that we're we're starting up is with the, the Oakland A's having made basically their decision that they're going to move to Vegas, and with the Rays. Uh, stadium saga looking like it's coming to a close here uh whether that that uh, when the shovels go in the ground either in st pete or or over in tampa uh i we're going to start looking at 32 team mlb uh we've already started to look at what a 32 team league would look like yeah, with okay. four divisions and four teams kind of mimicking what the nfl has done at 32 teams yeah uh and then also we're going to start looking at what a schedule would look like, what the playoffs would look like uh, with a 32-team league. Yes, it is still six or seven years away from from expanding to 32 teams, but it's coming, and it's coming quicker than anybody thinks, and I'm trying to get ready for what it might look like. So that's what we're looking at okay, at St. Cool. Pete 9 uh, br- uh, this year, uh, coming up over the next month or so, is what what is a 32-team MLB going to look like? That is interesting. Where, where do the Rays end up? Uh, it's a, it, there's a, I've got four different scenarios because, you know, there's four different teams that are four different cities that could end up with a, with an expansion, uh, franchise, whether you're looking at Montreal or Charlotte or Nashville or Portland. Uh, the most interesting one is if they, if the MLB expands to both Charlotte and Nashville, which I think is highly unlikely putting two teams in the South, yeah. but the Rays would end up in a division with, the new Charlotte franchise with the Braves and Miami for a nice little tight geographic uh, and, and in the National League. And keep in mind that the schedule is going to be balanced, so it's not like you're going to be playing those teams all the time. So because that, that would, if like if it was an unbalanced schedule and we were, we were playing those teams all the time, I probably wouldn't be too excited about it. But um, that would certainly be a division we could win. That's for damn sure. Yeah, absolutely. But uh but yeah, the the schedule you you would be looking at playing those teams uh you would have seven seven games against each team at home, seven games against each team on the road. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it's not it's not awful. Yeah. Um well, and and 
you know, at this point, who cares where the stadium is? Well, I still care. I think it should be in Tampa just for, for future growth and future revenue for the team to be able to compete. But um, we'll see where that goes. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. I'm too depressed to talk about that today. Well, that happened to <laughs> No, God. let's talk about 20 and 3, baby. Let's talk about 20 and 3, man. And, and you, I was going to ask you this before you go. You've been at the trot for a lot of these games. I've been to two already, which I think matches my, my entire uh, last year. But, man, what an atmosphere it's been in that building. It's been crazy. It's, it's crazy what happens when you put 21, 22,000 in there. It feels like a playoff game every single time, and it's fun. Um, and, you, you know, you give some affordable tickets for the, for the fans and do some different things, and, boy, look what happens. They show up, and uh, it's, yeah, they, been, it's been great atmosphere. They show up, Fantastic. and they're all wearing the right uniform. Yes. That's the, best. That's well, the most important thing. They're, right, they're wearing the right uniform. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's been fun. All right, Steve, thanks, buddy. Appreciate your time, as always. Always uh, fun to catch up with you, bud. Thanks. Uh, absolutely, JP. Thanks, bud.